Cool. Right. Got it. Welcome to the second uh, episode of the Bridge Podcast with Charlie Looker. Charlie, you are the second person to do a round two. Welcome back. It's good to chat. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me back. That's cool. Who who else did the round two? Uh, Andres Gomez Emilson, that that okay. dude that I uh, I'm a big fan of. This you know qualia consciousness type stuff. Oh, word, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. I I got it. You have so many just like. <laughs> amazing guests on here man i need to catch up because i i didn't watch the first one with him actually but i remember you posting that and it, it, it looked fascinating yeah I've, I've basically only been talking to like microtonal people for the past like 10 yeah. episodes and so um, i'm like i'll talk to charlie and we can talk about some normal person stuff um, is that up? is is that i'm the normal person consult uh <laughs> consultant for this at least uh you know tuning wise i guess yeah. Oh, yeah. I am. Well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm tempered. I'm t I'm a well-tempered gentleman, but I I do um, I get microtonal on the sort of uh you know faux faux spectral uh you know thing. Yeah. With the classical stuff, and then I bend, I do some bends when I improvise. Man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm micro. <laughs> I'm micro. Well, uh, you know, last time we. You know, did the normal coffee question. So, um, just to quickly do that, do you have any new coffee updates for me, or uh, any changes to your habits, anything like that? Nah, not really. I've been having some sort of unpleasant uh, uh, gastrointestinal, uh, you know, this and that. And the the doctor was like, you know, you got to try giving up coffee. And I was like, I'm I'm not going to do that. So let's try some other stuff. So I'm trying some other stuff. Um, but um, yeah, I may just live with. Yeah, if I have to live with certain uh, compromised internal states uh, in order to do coffee all day, then that's just, I'll have that built into my lifestyle, you know. Um, you try decreasing it at all or just? Um, no, it's not like I drink that much coffee though, really, man. You know what I mean? I mean, compared to a lot of people. <clears throat> but yeah, I just, re I, I don't know the cup, the, the cold brew I just had. I don't know what company that is or blend or whatever. Do you know that place Garibaldi's, the, the sandwich mm -hmm. place on... Um, on uh monte vista like in um in highland park yeah. it's pretty good it's one of the few like actual sandwich places in la where i'm like okay this is like legit sandwich stuff as i as i understand it you know from mm -hmm. the east coast perspective anyway yeah whatever their cold brew was i just had that with um a shot uh or a little pump of the pistachio flavoring and i know maybe from a deep coffee you know aficionado such as yourself maybe that's just like cringe or whatever uh i've reclaimed the sort of lowest uh end of it you know i i'm no longer a specialty man or at least for the time being so i'm just enjoying my my swill yeah 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 i mean it's just different kinds of stuff man i mean i mean i've said this before i just i know everything has to come back to like new york nostalgia with me and shit but like but i mean just back in new york like a shitty cup of deli, uh, you know, hot deli coffee, like kind of burned sitting on the thing the whole day. That to me is the only thing that really goes with the bacon, <laughs> egg and cheese in the morning. Like you need the cardboard, totally. that, yeah. that dishwater like vibe to it, you know, like I kind of, you know, um, preferably in the Greek cup, you know, but that's the, that's the, yeah, the, the green cup for sure. Are you still yeah. an, an espresso man or? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have that same Pavoni uh, machine, the hand pump. 
one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I still haven't. You like, you were on that shit about how crema. Like you're not even into crema or something. Uh -huh. Nah, dude. Like that. That's like I don't even know what that is. But like I just couldn't. I love uh, you know insider takes on stuff. I try to get on board. I couldn't. I couldn't deprogram. I couldn't dismantle the crema, crema supremacy man in my head. I just couldn't. I I just couldn't dismantle. I just still love the crema wherever I can get it. Well, man, the the new coffee stuff is like it's you know out of my budget basically it's like all like you have to have like a physics degree and you know thousands of dollars worth of equipment but um it's getting weird like paper filters on their espresso um like little porcupine presses that you can use to like tamp it perfectly all this gnarly stuff uh but you know neither here nor there yeah <laughs> um, yeah no cool man well um you're mentioning new york and i'm curious uh you know you've been in la for a while now so uh has that changed you much or what's the, what's the different vibe and has that affected musical discipline at all well um i mean i my feeling th this whole thing of being in la has just been uh essentially just like a dream world parallel timeline i mean and everyone was kind of feeling that with covid at least the first year it's like oh we're in this parallel timeline i'm locked inside it's uh you know, feels like a dream, you know, but I mean, for me, it was already like that the year before COVID when I got here. So very little even changed. I mean, just in the sense of like being in the house all day, working from home, teaching students from home, not even working that much. Um, and, uh, you know, just not having as much shit going on as far as like, yeah. you know, like so much of my stuff is like these long distance projects like with New York, you know, like uh, with people from back there. And um, so, yeah, I mean, not much has changed. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm going to be moving back to New York in a year. It'll be the end right. of end of the year. Um, you know, man, I, <laughs> I don't like it here, man. <laughs> I don't like I kind of, I, yeah, man, just the whole social vibe, just the attitude, just the basic way that people speak, <laughs> yeah. just, just every, Absolutely. just the, just the vibes, man, you know? And it's funny because I say vibe a lot, which you would think would be a very LA thing. I guess it is. I guess that's the one thing I really do have in common with the West coast is the use of the word vibe. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a good word. It's good. I mean, I'm glad, you know, you don't want to like there's vibe deniers in places and i i don't like that you know so um i mean i do yeah the the west coast the occultism i like you know i like the sort of specter of edson or whatever you know that sort of dark uh culty um you know witchy but I, I like that i like but it's just that's not really what i'm embedded in though you know what i mean for sure um but uh yeah the, yeah, the West Coast sort of like new agey vibe is a little bit, you know, that it's a little bit new agey, but I mean, New York at least has that sort of more serious occult vibe about it, I feel like. You know, like I guess. Chaotic. I guess but, so. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not sure. I'm really not, uh, I'm really not plugged into that scene here or, or in New York, but, uh, 
just this sort of flavor. I mean, I'm almost like, I'm almost talking about just like going out to the desert and like thinking about that stuff, like actual vibes, you know, actual, mm -hmm. I mean, just being like next to the ocean or whatever, you know? Um, I mean, actually it's funny. Cause like some of the, like, I mean, some of the music in my life that has changed me so much was LA music. Actually, when I was a little kid, like Jane's addiction actually in particular who really does not i mean they don't get a whole lot of i don't know props right at this moment you know one way or the other and uh that you know their vibe isn't super evident in my what i do i suppose um but they were huge for me like at age 11 or 10 being like wow music is this mystical thing you know you know mysticism and all that um it was actually kind of big for me so it's weird i sort of forget that that actually like you know la that was actually pretty formative i mean that's an la that music is la like totally to the bone man i mean the, that's the, dave navarro yeah. in there right he's a guitar player yeah yeah he was the, yeah he was the guitar player i mean that was is his like um i mean i don't know about deep <laughs> he in that band he's deep actually yeah. i mean he there, there's something yeah there's this kind of like i mean he's not like super original but in the context of that band he was like 19 when he was on those records it's pretty sick mm -hmm. but um yeah there's this like ocean vibe see this is the thing man the oh it doesn't get any deeper than the ocean i mean that's like the just you know like that is just profundity and it's most you know like obvious spiritual example at the same time when i'm in new york i don't go to the beach for like five, six years at a stretch. I don't miss it. I don't care. I don't want to go, you know? So it's just kind of like this weird, you know, now that I'm out here, I'll go to the beach and I'll be on this like Perry Farrell, like Dave Navarro, like, you know, like, oh, I'm so humbled by the crashing of waves and like, you know, um, but I also don't care. I don't know. It's it's like both, I don't, you know. Um, I feel like uh, with LA, everybody, everybody sort of being like flaky and stoned. Um, I feel like, maybe just by osmosis i've gone to be a lazy woodshedder and i feel like if i were in new york i would be swept up in it and just by default disciplined but is that a is that true is that a good notion or no maybe i'm i'm not sure if people um i'm not sure if people actually uh, are less disciplined here than in new york they kind of have to be right i mean that's got to be the case I, I i just um yeah i mean yeah not to just like you know harp on sandwiches but like but um i mean <laughs> yeah. the uh I mean, dude, it's like when you order food here, I know it's also a little obnoxious to like bitch about food service people and shit. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever. But I mean, like in New York, man, like if you don't order fast enough, the guy's like on your ass and then he's just making it so fucking fast, man. I mean, so fast, like angrily tapping the spatula. But it's like, he's not angry at you. It's like actually friendly, but like those like Middle Eastern dudes. And that's just like, that's not a dude over here, man. The Middle Eastern guy calling you like chief and boss and like slinging the fucking food around. Yeah. Like, it's like here when you order food, it's like they act. It's like, it's like the first time they've ever, it's like everyone's first day on the job. They're like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, I can do that. I'm like, I, I know. Yes. Like, that's why we're here, man. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, I, I don't know. I want know. to tell like, you about their day and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I keep saying this also just people asking you about your day. Oh, uh, yeah. I, 
I, I don't know. I probably brought this up. It's almost like a stand-up bit at this point, but I just keep harping. It's like, yeah, like East Coast, it's like, how's it going? Good. I like coffee, blah, blah, blah. Cool. So that's normal. How's it going? Because you're not actually asking how's it going. It's just a right. pleasantry. It's like person, nice, polite. You say, yes, I'm doing good. No one's actually asking. It's polite. Here, you get the follow-up. What did you do this weekend? Dude, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's actually, like, actually none of your business, man. It's actually, it's invasive. You don't know what I'm going through, man. It might be brutal and you don't want to hear and you're forcing me to fuck. Anyway, yeah. Um, so that that's the kind of thing where I'm like, you know, I feel like a dick, but I'm also right. And I just don't like the vibe. Yeah, all of it's like disingenuous, I think, um, and kind of needless, but yeah, I feel that. Um, when I was talking to Jeremiah, we were talking about like, you know, everybody out there is obsessed with pizza, and here it's like how orthorexic, like how how particular of a dietary restriction do you have? So. <laughs> orthorexic. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, is, that, is there like heterorexic, hetero, heterexic? <laughs> <laughs> like as in like orthodox or like heterodox you know everyone's all like i think it's ortho as in orthogonal <laughs> oh okay bullshit, though. not uh, as in not as in norm because well, ortho... maybe it is normal because it's doesn't... like health food obsessed it doesn't know. doesn't ortho as a prefix mean like normal normal or normalized like orthodox orthodonture or no am i uh you're probably right but i don't know maybe uh one of those <laughs> yeah 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 but ortho, orthorexia, I just, I love words like that. Just like casually like, oh yeah, orthorexia. Yeah. 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 People are very, um, yes, they're very into the diets and stuff. I mean, look, you know, I'm not like, uh, I'm, I'm not like, you know, vegans or pussies. It's, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I like, uh, it's plenty of, you know, vegans. I, I you know, veganism is cool. I, it's all cool, man. Yeah. Um, it's not like we don't have a lot of that in New, in New York also. So it's cool. No, but you know what does piss me off though? This, this, I, I, the thing I don't like is an ice cream place that's a vegan ice cream place, and it doesn't say it's a vegan ice cream. It's just like, oh yeah, we have ice cream, and then it's just surprised that it's vegan. It's like, oh, what's you, what's what's wrong with you that? Feel it's like, like coerced, or I feel gaslit. You know what I mean? It's it's it, that's like almond, it's like soy gaslighting and shit. You know what I mean? It's just like if yeah, dude. If I want like the fucking xenoestrogen parfait, I'll order it. But like, don't just slip that in my, you know, anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, um, man, I, I guess like uh, some of your older stuff where you're talking about like, you know, discipline and hierarchy and stuff like back in the day when I was watching that, I was like very inspired by that. And so I'm just curious about like sort of woodshed stuff because um, I assume that like any normal person, you don't shed as much as you used to. But um, I know, like Z's, for instance, was like a super disciplined shedding band. So, um, sure. you know, let's talk some uh, some discipline and woodshed. Nice, man. Well, I mean, yeah, I I would I don't do anything now that I would call shedding, man. I mean, <clears throat> unless you count like when I write something specific, I don't. I haven't since I was a kid done shedding. Um, in that jazz way where you are practicing stuff that isn't a specific piece of music, but you're just practicing your instrument, like as an instrument in order to gain skills, which you'll kind of use mm -hmm. in general for everything that I haven't done that in years. Like that's, um, 
not because I reached the, the pinnacle of my chops, but it's just, you know, there's just different ways of, uh, you know, when you're an improviser or when you're an interpreter of written music, uh, then you're bringing this general skill set to, to bear on like various situations where when you're more like me, where you're like a composer, songwriter, um, who then performs, you know, I perform my own stuff. I'm mostly shedding stuff that I wrote, you know, so I'll be, uh, I mean, on <clears throat> with singing, I've been working on this project. See, if we had done this podcast, like in just not very long from now, I would have been able to uh, hype this project up, but I'm keeping it kind of under wraps because I'm going to like drop it kind of suddenly. But anyway, for this thing, you know, I've been like, uh, wrote a bunch of vocal stuff that's difficult for me to sing in tune. So I'll shed. Yeah, I'll definitely shed for a couple hours on just very slowly uh, running parts of it over a drone to try to get it in tune, you know. Um, I guess I do sing scales. It's funny because I bet you are asking about guitar, right? Or, or guess, you, yeah, you, just you, generally. But yeah, yeah, I forget that you're a singer and that's like a whole foreign world to me. So yeah, man. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I've got way more catching up to do, uh, singing wise than guitar wise, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll shed, um, you know, not just singing in tune, but I mean, I'll be shedding like how, what vowel, um, just how to deal with very, you know, keeping things in tune, like, you know, like what vowel sounds I'm using, you know, like getting rid of, uh, you know, making things more of an R or an A or not, you know, these things, um, you discover, you know, like these, these places where you want to get really deliberate with how to keep it, keep it in tune and keep it strong. So, I mean, I end up shedding with that and guitar wise. Yeah. I mean, I'd be shedding uh, the stuff that I wrote uh, for this project. Um, and that stuff requires practice, but yeah, man, I, I, I don't do like stuff on the guitar. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, do you, 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 you have like, you do stuff where you're like melodic patterns, scales, like, yeah, I, I try to be stuff. pretty systematic about it. And like, I've been on a kick of just like generating etudes for myself. Cause you know, like I'm, I'm the algo boy. So um, <laughs> it's nice it. to just like drop the MIDI file in, have the notation sort of edited a little bit. Um, it's a good source of, uh, you know, stuff to practice, but um, I don't know. I, I want to get to practicing more like the olden days, but it's, it's so hard to like get the traction with it. So yeah man yeah i mean have you been doing any like like performing of any kind i mean you don't really tend to right i mean or like no I mean, just yeah. just working towards you know various projects i'll get around to it but you know uh, yeah, yeah. pandemic and all that well yeah yeah certainly certainly but uh eliminate of it that's still in full effect right i mean mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's it's going to be transitioned from fake guitar like midi guitar to real guitar very soon so sick an eye out for that yeah 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 man yeah yeah make um, sure to make sure to hype it up in the discord man anyone watching or listening last things discord is it's popping off man it's, it's popping thriving. off and we got yeah john's up in it every you know really fun little crew anyway yeah if anyone wants to join hit up hit up you know john or me yeah um so with z's i'm curious like if you can paint me a picture of like the heyday of shedding because like i'm not saying this about you but i feel like a lot of people when they talk about you know shedding 12 hours a day i'm like no you didn't you know <laughs> it's like that uh you know like i oh i made it out with her no you didn't <laughs> like uh right 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 it for shit 
Um, I'm not saying that I don't believe in a view, but um, I'm just curious what that looked like uh, in terms of um, shedding. Well, I, I don't think I ever made any claims uh, to like shedding, you know, you know, like as much as, you know, train used to shed, man. Um, I, what did, what did we used to do? I mean, yeah, Z's would just, uh, that just required a lot of, I mean, you, what, you're talking about like hours, like how many hours you were like, you're talking about like, like you want hours quanti- and how you break down the time, that type of thing. You, you know, you don't know, quite, you want quantity or, or qualia. Um, the, uh, like we used to, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd be probably like sit down for like three hours at a stretch um working on with that kind of stuff it would be like metronome um set a metronome and then just doing like individual little figures like you know a, a, a quintuplet thing going into some you, you know some, some like quintuplet with a bunch of ties going into some dotted 16th shit you know just trying to really um nail those differences you know making sure your your quintuplets are different than the triplets, you know, like really right. trying to hone that, um, on, on my own, but then there'd be, uh, but then so much of that rhythmic stuff would be, would be rehearsing with the, with the, the band, which, um, I mean, those rehearsals were probably like more intense than most band rehearsals, just intense in the sense of like looping two beats, you know, for like, for like 10 minutes and then like talking about like, who's rushing and who's pushing and pulling like that, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like practice with the metronome with that stuff. And then, um, and then just purely chops. I mean, just being able to pull off really angular lines fast, like experiment with up and down picking, you know, um, there are some weird habits I got in it at very early on that are, you know, not like the most, uh, yeah, just not like the most efficient. Uh, I got really, I, for some reason, like I, I got early on with guitar, I, I didn't get in the habit of alternate picking like as the total default setting. I, I, I think generally it's like alternate picking is the default setting, even if you're like skipping strings mm-hmm. and stuff, right? And then it's yeah. like you only start uh, doing a couple ups in a row or downs in a row for like weird little things where you're trying to turn it around or something you know um i think i got in weird habits with that early on so with z's some of that was had to be corrected but then some of that was actually kind of helpful because when you're doing like just these super angular ass lines that like skip a string or two and it's like fast and it's just you know that kind of thing uh you you really have to like dial in what's up and what's down and this you know for sure this this kind of thing it's almost like the vowel thing with singing you know when it's easy it doesn't it doesn't matter but when it's like weird lines you have to really get conscious about you know about that stuff yeah so the shedding was mostly like sort of like decoding complex music and coordination it sounds like but i mean like you know were you like doing like athletic type stuff you know to like build up speed or whatever like that type of stuff or um i mean nothing outside of uh of just working on the material itself you know um well i did you know before z's i guess like right before z's was kind of when i i wasn't introduced to irrational that's such a stupid irrational rhythms 
fives fives and up <laughs> eights and up bro no um five like uh you know quintuplets and stuff mm-hmm. i wasn't introduced to that through z's it was through uh anthony braxton's music and then other new music type stuff that i would just take out of the library scores and recordings you know i'd be taking out uh i don't know louis andreessen and stuff like that um with that stuff yeah i would shed by like taking stuff out of the library especially actually anthony braxton's music specifically i I would learn how to play Uh, a lot of that stuff is not instrument specific actually it's almost not even clef specific a lot of it uh but it'll have you know but it's those kind of lines um so yeah i would practice getting those with a metronome um I actually got rhythm wise though, when I was first getting into that stuff right before Z's, one exercise I would do would be, this is sort of um, pure chops. I'd like do, um, I'd set a metronome and then I would just go back and forth between eighth notes and quintuplets and then quintuplets and triplets on one note, you know? Just, mm-hmm, uh, totally. just, just on one note. And then I would try to do it fast and slow. And, but, you know, really that kind of thing where you're like doing it until it's boring and then keep doing it past that until it becomes uh, trance-like, um, you know? So uh, yeah, I would do that. And then I tried doing it, that all down picking and then all, and then alternate picking as well. So that would be a thing. I try to do it as quiet as possible. You know how that is. Um, you know, or I do like, and then try to do with like four notes in a row chromatically, uh, you know, try to do that as legato as possible with the fives. And so, I mean, there'd be some of that, that would be an example of like a purely tech, purely tech exercise that I would do. Yeah. It's interesting. Like in, in college, I remember there was always that type of person. I was like, well, you know, don't practice, just play. And I hated that shit so much. I was like, I want to fucking practice. So, um, yeah that's that's my world uh well we'll see i kind of missed that in a way um because there's just a spiritual i mean i think i was talking about that in that whatever the practice and hierarchy video i made like two years ago now that um i I, what you're talking about i i i love that as just a sort of um like just a way of being in the world as a musician that there's a monk like sort of asceticism like this thing of like i'm this isn't about a specific thing that I'm going to do. It's like, I'm creating myself every day, you know? I mean, it's like weightlifting, but, 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 uh, well, it's like what weightlifting is to weightlifters. It's not what weightlifting is to me is very low stakes and minor, but Mm. yeah, to an actual bodybuilder. I mean, yeah. You know, you're like creating what you are with these, skills man i mean this that's why jazz is so deep you know and i'm not in that world i'm not part of that but it's yeah um when you were doing this stuff with z's what was like i mean other than just like everybody else counting on you what was the main sort of motivating factor to like get that shit done um well you mean to make music that's that complicated or you mean to um i guess like it's how did you have the momentum and the sort of like discipline to follow through on that much stuff? Cause like it's complex music. Um, and like, I'm surprised that people can come together and do that collaboratively. Yeah. What, what's the psychological kind of, I mean, just. just... Like, I, I guess like, 
I, I'm just mostly asking for some sort of uh, like I'm trying to find motivation myself to you know shed way more, and so I'm curious how you guys got it done. I mean, just respect, man. <laughs> just sure. like you know, um, I definitely remember. I remember a call when Sam Hilmer called me, and we had not played our first gig, but we had been rehearsing for like several months, <laughs> like all the time. And I was still up at Wesleyan, but I was like coming into the, to, to New York to do these rehearsals and stuff. Um, and I remember he was like, dude, I saw Orthrealm play like three nights ago. And he was just like, dude, we're not like, we're fucking bullshitting, man. Like we're not like, we need to like, it, it, it was like almost dark, but like, but so sick. Like, I mean, I never have conversations like that anymore. You know, this kind of, we're not talking about competition, like trying to be better than, or, you know, whatever. I mean, you're just talking about just like, just on an artistic level, just hearing something that's, you know, different from what we're trying to do, but similar enough that you hear a level of tightness and you're like, what we're doing is similar enough. You know, it's like, it's like when stuff's apples and oranges, it's like, you can get inspiration, but it's not the same kind of kick in the ass. But when you hear someone doing something that's like similar enough to what you're doing and they're just crushing it. Yeah. You know, you're like, I can't, I can't show my face around this if they're doing that. I mean, it's like, you know, um, so that was, uh, yeah, that's, that's part of it. I mean, we would also break each other's balls about fucking up. Like, I mean, that's what I was talking with a friend of mine about. He was calling it uh, HBE, like hazing-based education, which is <laughs> like, I wouldn't say we had hazing in Z's, but there was this sense of like, you know, a sense of pride yeah. amongst amongst the boys, uh, you know, of like nailing, nailing the stuff. So you saying amongst the boys, uh, you know, I mean, like that's that's definitely a vibe to like have it be a, a men's project. Um, but I know that you've been like boxing and stuff and tweeting about the need for like a sort of like uh, violence outlet and stuff. So um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, first of all, how's boxing going and like what's what's up with that? Oh, it's cool, man. I mean, I had a recent shift because the guy I had a what I was doing is I had like a personal trainer come into the house and we would spar. And then I'd also meet with these guys in the park uh, once a week to spar. Um, and that was cool. But then the personal trainer moved to Austin to become a cop. And, um, and uh, then, um, so now I'm going to a, a boxing gym, which is super legit. It's like next level up. And I've been training with this African dude who, who fought Mayweather back in the day. I mean, he's like super sick. Uh, he's like way more hardcore, but now that I'm in that new realm, I'm kind of been demoted down to like not sparring. Like, you know, I have to kind of like prove myself there before they'll start putting me up against people there. Mm -hmm. um, probably with good reason, because people there like, you know, are more serious and like, I'm going to need more skills to like not get, get brutalized or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's going great. I'm getting worked out harder, but I just lost I, I just lost the sparring rights. So I'm trying to win that back. Damn. I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get into some sort of a, you know, martial art or something like that, but it will happen naturally eventually uh, sometime in the future. Um, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen naturally, like just people coming at you in the street and stuff. <laughs> it's like... 
Um, yeah, I mean, so last time when we talked on your podcast, I think we talked about like no fap and black metal and that whole thing. <laughs> um, uh, and I feel like you hinted at something about semen retention and, uh, you know, since, you know, we've been talking a tiny bit about occult stuff. Um, what's your take on that? Cause it's, it's a fucking wacky scene. Like if you see the reddits, it's like, Oh my God, that's, this is one paragraph. Like you wrote a lot of stuff, dude. Um, I, I know, I know. It's like, and it's just literally not jacking off is the like, you know, premise. I don't know. What, some... What's my take? I mean, the thing is a lot of this stuff, it's like, I I, I haven't, I, I'm not like actually up close on all the like OG, like the source, like, you know, it's like Reddit, like these subcultural things of like no fap, semen retention. It's like, I never catch it at the source. <laughs> like I, th those text walls that you're talking about. I, I, I only catch the like outer emanations on Twitter and stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. But, um, what, what's my take on, on no fap? I'm not a hardcore no fapist, but I, um, yeah, I've come to think that pornography is kind of, kind of bad. Yeah. Bad ish. Yeah. yeah it's bad. I mean, it's not like, you know, the downfall of Western civilization, but I mean, it's like, yeah, this hyper normalization of, uh, pornography is kind of bad and just jacking the idea that there's no shame at all in jacking off the idea that that's just we just of course man we just do it all the time and it's chill and let's just talk about it and my girlfriend's fine with that i jack off to porn for hours it's like that's not you know you don't have to be some like no fap weird like right-wing bodybuilder dude to just be like is this the me you know i i just know that there's some version of it that's not uh terrible and like ridiculous but uh then you see the most vocal version of it and you're like whoa man you guys are strange <laughs> yeah 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 well there is like i've been thinking about this the other day i've been thinking about like vitalism and just vitality and just a sense of vitalism whatever you want to call that man just like just like energy just like powerful energy of some kind and i was just thinking about how you know it's like as artists that's what we're going for that's what we want wielding these powers um and looking back it's like yeah that's all i ever wanted was just like vitality as expression but it's like i i was thinking about how in my 20s i viewed having a bunch of sex as that which mm. makes sense to an extent, but then not having a lot of sex is also kind of that because you're, you know, like, I mean, just being really promiscuous or just jacking off all the time, either way, there's like an, in, it's kind of incontinence in a way. I mean, there's a yeah. vitality to the, to the bursting, <laughs> but you're also, it's also like lassitude. Like you're just constantly like deflating, you know, it's like, there's also, what about the power, um, I mean, in a sense, erection itself is kind of like semen retention. I mean, you're about to not retain it, but it's mm. or like, okay, not semen retention, <laughs> but like, like you, like your dick being hard means that it's in a tense state. Like, so the vitalism is actually not the release. That's the death of the vitalism. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're just going around, it's like at a certain point, are you even shooting like come or are you just like secreting hmm. like 
I'm just really like fucking riffing here, but I, I, uh, I don't mean literally, but what I'm saying is if you just are jerking off constantly, mm -hmm. that's not vitalism anymore. Cause you're not even building. There's no building. It's like the second you have jizz, it's just, you're like, you had just like, you just are not containing your energy points or whatever. So this is how, I don't know, like this sort of the semen retention thing. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like anyone who hears that they're like, Oh, that's so crazy. You're like some weird right-wing bodybuilder guy. And I'm like, okay, but I mean, are you really into the like complete opposite of semen retention? Like no one is yeah, complete. Yeah, yeah, go fat. Like nobody, like everyone acknowledges that there's like such a thing as too much orgasm, too much release, too much. I mean, that's mm -hmm. you know, like <laughs> when when you say, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like. I mean, I guess so. Um, yeah. what's his face? Connor Habib has like I've heard him talk about how sex addiction doesn't exist, and like I tend to agree because like like that's a hard thing to get addicted to because it's like tiresome. Uh, so you're know, like, I, I would imagine that, you know, if you are, you know, fucking all the time, it's like, I'm, I'm physically impressed by you or impressed by you physically being able to do that. So often I, that's like the woodshedding thing. It's like, I don't believe you, man. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. You right. shed 12 hours. Yeah, sure. I, right, right, right. No, no, totally. I have a lot of respect for Connor Habib. I love his podcast. I've talked with him a little bit. Um, I showed him some of my writing and he just like wrote right back with their like really interesting critical feedback. Nice. Um, but it's funny. He is an, he is an example of a guy. His perspective is I, I think about him sometimes actually the, the more conservative I get about pornography. Um, I, I still don't think it's like, you're bad. If you make porn, I'm not going, mm -hmm. I I'm never going to be on that kind of conservative, but like the more I'm like, dude, I don't know. No fap has a point. Maybe the normalization of porn is bad. Maybe, you know, constant porn hub and only fans is maybe kind of, you know, degenerate, whatever. Like the more I, I sort of entertain that Connor Habib is an example of a guy I'm like, but he's cool. Like what? And he's all porned out. Like, what would he have to say about this? You know, I don't know. The thing is, man, no offense to people, but you got it. People are different and types of folks are different. And I, I take what gay men have to say about sex with some grain of salt. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, well, maybe not like on the level of, uh, um, maybe not with regards to masturbation and porn and stuff, but like, I don't know. It's just like men fucking men. It's like, it's just a whole other dynamic of like, I mean, he talks about that, you know, he, he had, he was mm -hmm. talking about some stuff about consent issues and me too and stuff. And he was kind of like, he was just like, dude, with gay men, he's like, it's, we're on some different shit. Like, it's not, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like he was like, like, he's like, yes, I want to talk about the issues, but like, it's different. Um, but um, as far as like, uh, no, right. He said sex addiction is not a thing. I'm not sure. I know that sex, I know, I definitely know that the word, that the idea of sex addiction, it seems to be invoked uh, by guys who get called out for some me too-ish thing. And yeah. Like it's an, I'm an, I'm an addict. It's just like, you're really just playing grab ass, man. You know, it's like, but um, yeah, I mean, porn addiction. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think porn addiction versus sex addiction, like that's a lot more plausible. Um, but yeah, yeah. I just, 
doubt the athleticism of people who claim to be uh, sex addicted. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do know that the sex addiction vibe is like, I, I think you're only considered a nymphomaniac if it's like joyless, you know, like, like if you're digging fucking a million people, I, I, I Hey, what do, what do I know? You know, I, I look, there are, there are people who like fuck three people a day. I mean, they really are like, it's getting in the way. Yeah. It's getting in the way of how they're trying to live. I don't know anybody like that, but I mean, you know, you go to a, a shrink and you're like, I'm, I'm having sex with three people a day. And I like, can't get my work done because I'm just going out at like lunch breaks to prostitutes. So, I mean, you know, it's, Shrink will take that seriously. <laughs> Masturbation, I mean, like, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much this is fucking up the young. You know what I mean? This is the thing. I'm like, you talk about these cultural issues and stuff. I'm like, like I said, I catch it like third hand, you know? I like yeah. people's hot takes. I don't, uh, I don't know what's up with kids and, and beating off, you know, like what that's doing. <laughs> My wife showed me this meme that was basically like, you know, like the young generation is like jerking off to porn all the time. They so they're like obsessed with you know this one single thing. They can only get off to one image, and it's like Elaine Bennis. <laughs> why? Why do they say that? I'm not sure. Um, and the you know the meme had better pacing and delivery, but uh, I was amused by it. That's funny. It's it's weird. Yeah, it's funny these things get brought up timing wise because I just the past couple months have been rewatching Seinfeld for the first time in years and just being like j just re-realizing like the utter brilliance just how unbelievably deep Seinfeld is and realizing how much Elaine is just absolutely the funniest and just they, it just really being like man she really is attractive man like I really it, Elaine is great man really um but uh yeah I don't have any problem retaining retaining gotcha. semen you know with seinfeld in the house you know it's not not uh <laughs> um with the retention thing like i feel like there's some sort of you know like you know sex magic type shit or like you know even power positive thinking like uh who is it like uh like you know uh live and grow rich or whatever thinking grow rich like that type of stuff you know like sexual uh whatever they call it but uh i don't know it's kind of interesting to use that as like a magical process but i'm also kind of like I've seen what it's done to the NoFap people, and they're crazy. So, is that is is NoFap cultishly insane, or is it just something that people are like, don't beat off as much? Like, I feel like it, I, there's definitely a cult aspect to it, but uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't call them out because then they'll uh, you know take me down. But um, <laughs> anyway, we don't have to talk about jacking off anymore. Um, <laughs> well, no, but I mean, I I am interested. No, you're 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 riffing though on discipline, you know, and mm -hmm. the importance of discipline. And yeah, I do think that discipline is something that doesn't get a ton of airtime yeah. nowadays, you know? I mean, it's sort of, um, <clears throat> it's not like people speak against discipline in culture. It's not like anyone's saying don't be disciplined, but just the focus is elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like the focus is just, um, I mean, when it comes to personal, uh, I don't know, just like personal life stuff and like people talking about what they're doing with their lives and self-betterment. I mean, so much of the, everyone's talking about trauma now, trauma, trauma, trauma. Um, yes, it's real. No one's making it up, but it, um, it, but it's sort of like every, like the whole, the whole thing with self-care, it's always about uh, forgiving yourself, um, 
not being too hard on yourself, accepting yourself for who you are, um, going to therapy, you know, working out trauma and stuff. It's like the, the, this thing of like discipline doesn't get in, invoked the same way, except by people who I tend to not like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but I, I, you know, yeah. And I suppose you can have libidinal discipline as well. And like, that's maybe the hip one to have. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I guess I'm thinking about like, I saw another video where you're talking about, you know, prog rock uh, and you mentioned sort of like progressiveness. And I'm curious who you think is like innovating right now in, I guess, metal particularly. Interesting, man. Innovating. Man, I'm not. Progress is, you know, that's a, that's a term. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't even, I don't even believe in it anymore. I really don't even, I mean, I think about like vitality, think about vitality and intensity and beauty and those things, you know, change is real. I mean, and not bad. It's not good either, but it's mm -hmm. sort of, uh, yeah, I think things that are vital and beautiful, like aren't going to just adhere to some like uh, set of beauty standards that are unchanging. You know, I don't think that that's, that that's the case, but I also, yeah, I mean, the idea of progress for its, its own sake is like, yeah, totally unappealing to me. Uh, um, aiming for progress, ha having that be like a value that you hold up, um, or novelty or, you know, historically moving things forward. I think that that's bad to have mm -hmm. that as an ideal before beauty, um, yeah, you know, uh, but, um, cause if you're just thinking about novelty, it's, you're sort of just like an inventor, you know? Um, but as far, so yeah, I mean, in metal, there's a lot of stuff that I think is great, but I, I don't, um, I mean, stuff that's like, yeah, I don't listen to anything that's innovative. <laughs> I don't listen to anything that's innovating. Um, probably it'd be like in the electronic music sphere that the real innovation is going on. I mean, you know, our, our friend, Angel, Mark Lloyd, I mean, I really, it, to me, you know, I, I don't consider her part of metal, uh, although metal is sort of part of her uh, totally. diet, ob obviously, and part of her aesthetics to an extent. But I mean, as far as, yeah, as far as stuff that feels fresh and new, and I don't know if you'd call it progress or if you would call it just idiosyncratic, um, just originality, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, fire tools like that for me, that's, that's what's up, you know, fire, fire tools is what's up as far as like new stuff. Um, but you know, there's that shit, man, you know, that's like, I think about this dude, it's like progress, like stuff can be really unique, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's progressive. Right. Yeah. Cause to me, right. It's like, it's only progressive if it, if it forges new language that other people can then work within, you know, and it kind of affects the whole field. Whereas like, if you're just like, a like, a like an eccentric exactly yeah you know it's like branching off to the side but not pushing the main thing forward i guess um yeah. that's something i kind of think about sometimes you know because like you know what i'm doing no one else is doing it or can do it when you do you know my stuff it's like you know it has my you know like you can smell me on it but it's like it's not going it's not taking music in general i'm not inventing anything there's no yeah you know, I'm, a, I mean, I, I'm synthesizing what's been done. It's, I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to take like early music, medieval music and all that type of stuff, like that's, that's not innovating. It's like reincorporating, I guess, but in a, yeah. 
in, in a novel way, but I don't know. Um, I feel like there's like something about metal right now where like so much innovation has happened and you know, there's like an arms race and it's like, what else are you going to do? Like, how can you get a crazier logo? Like, uh, you know, how yeah. can you be that much more brutal? Like it's topping out. I feel like. Yeah. 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 I mean, for, for sure. I mean, yeah, there's so many like limit points, you know I mean? It's just like, I mean, napalm death you suffer was a limit point. I mean, that, that, that was like, I mean, you can't to have a one second song that is one, <laughs> one sound is yeah. like basically John Cage levels of, 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 you know, like pushing things in a direction. Um, <clears throat> well, no, you know, see, this is, I'm not just hyping people up that have been on, on my show. Mm -hmm. I had these people on because they are the few people that are innovating shit. I mean, Jute Gite. I mean, you've, you, th yeah. this is, I mean, you know, we're talking about my, micro tone. Wait, wait, did you have Adam on your thing or, or no, no, no. Um, I would like to though. <laughs> there's, there's so many, there's so many interesting people doing microtonal stuff. Um, by the way, this dog barking, this might go on through the whole thing. I, I hope this isn't. That's you know, why I you can't know, hear it. You know, dude, it is maddening. <laughs> um, yeah, you got, dude. I mean, he he's like, see, yeah, like that's the thing. It's like, what does it mean to take stuff forward? Because like he's synthesizing elements that are like that the they're never really done in metal, so it's innovative in that way, right. even though it's not stuff it's not totally original as a general practice. I mean, like his, his stuff, he does stuff with form. Like he'll plan out pieces based on like proportions of sections and like reusing material, you know, like capital C composer kind of yeah. like formal concerns, you know, um, in ways that, uh, you know, I, I don't really do. I get, I, I get that, you know, and I, I, uh, with, with Z's with that purely instrumental stuff I was doing in Z's, I would be, you know, there would be these structural properties to the stuff. Um, but I don't even really consider that stuff like part of my actual body of work exactly. I mean, sort of, but for me, it kind of starts with extra life at, at which point, uh, I wasn't really dealing with like form and structure in that way, you know, it's really more like rock vibes, no matter how progged out, it would still be like, blocky sections of verse course verse course but anyway yeah metal yeah i mean um yeah i would say he's doing something original man uh jude Geit, you know adam adam kombach um i mean there's some great metal related stuff man you know i mean you know doug moore dude peron um Literally. but even them i mean they're just kind of i think they're great uh they kind of have their own original style i, I don't know if i call it you know innovating yeah exactly i feel like, I feel like they wouldn't call it that either <laughs> yeah yeah no they wouldn't either that's the thing i mean it's like i wouldn't you know yeah like it's not like um yeah it's not like how did you come up with this or where is this coming from yeah you know it's just like cool man i see the influences you've got your own spin on it you're killing it it's awesome this is awesome you know i mean they're cut you know they're, yeah they're about as original as i am <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> uh just trying to pick up the pieces man just try to take stock of what's happened so far you know with a juke he's he's so ridiculously prolific and i'm like i've you know become sort of a, a fan of this like you know quantity equals quality do you have like a backlog of shit that just isn't released like did you go through that massive like track making phase or are you a little bit more calculated 
Um, well, I would say I'm a little more calculated, but see, he might be just as calculated as me, but just making more <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? It's like some yeah. people are just more productive, more prolific. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I mean, uh, no, I mean, I've never been more or less prolific. I, I have some stuff that's never been released. I have a couple of chamber pieces that I wrote for like commissions, but that, um, the recording, uh, Cause you know, classical cats, it's like, they, they, you know, you got to get like, they're like not down for you to like release it without like more the payment, like, you know, whatever. Like I just haven't like gone through the motions of like getting the recording, you know, mastered and been actually released and all that. Um, and some of it is stuff that I'm like, I'm not as into, you know, I'm talking about stuff from like 10, 12 years ago that I don't know if it needs to see the light of day maybe um yeah but yeah i mean i don't know i'm prolific compared to some you know it's like uh i never really take time off um uh, except right at the beginning of covid when i started doing the youtube that was maybe like four or five months where i like didn't write music and i was just like i need to like gather my thoughts publicly you know uh as a as an artistic thing you know mm -hmm. i don't know I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, Mick Barr, if we're talking about cats, he's so inspiring to me. Like back in the day, he was so inspiring because his vibe, he's, he'd be like so insanely prolific, like just like jute guide levels, just turning on the faucet of just like, just seven inch, seven inch, full length, Orthrealm, Orthrealm, Octus, Ocrelin, blah. And then, and then he would just take a year and a half off and just listen to music and smoke weed and like not even play shows and just be like, yeah, I don't feel like it. Like, so he's kind of an inspiration just on some Zen level, you know, of just letting yeah. stuff go and then coming back to it and letting it go and coming back to it, you know, not uh, like being so prolific, but not hanging, not clinging to that as an ego yeah, identity nice. thing, you know? When's he gonna uh, do your podcast? Uh, um, I don't know. You know, I kind of, I did that whole video on him sort of instead. Mm -hmm. I, I could have him on, you know. Uh, yeah, I could ask him. Maybe I should ask him. I've read um, that he doesn't like interviews, but I'm like, how the fuck does anybody else on the internet know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah, I didn't know that he like straight up didn't like interviews, but he seems like a guy. I mean, it's like an ego thing, man. You have to have a certain amount of ego to like actually think like what we're doing right now. It's so like, maybe arrogant is an overstatement, but it's presumptuous, man. I mean, that you know, that like this, <laughs> just two people just running off at the mouth that this is like content that people would want to listen to. It is though, people are listening to this right now. They're loving it, but it's like, yeah. I mean, a guy like Mick, he's like, well, he, he also a little bit doesn't like to over, I think he has a certain protectiveness of the of art being like, you don't want to overanalyze it too much. Mm -hmm. And it kind of maybe does a little violence to the, the depth of it when you just are like becoming too self-conscious about it you know i can't help it i mean i'm just gonna think so i just may as well just yeah make it into content because i'm just gonna be the you know it's like the thought loops and shit but i feel like that would be a good interview because i know that you have like a little bit more insight into him so you could like get the extra juice out you know because <laughs> uh, otherwise it's like people would be asking basic shit so uh, might as well. i i know i know yeah but then that, i don't know yeah then that turns into that like that like that like Mark Marin shit where you're just like, you know, it's 
It's like, is, isn't this unreal, unresolved issues with your dad? And it's like, no, it's not. That's you. It's not me. You know, it's like forcing these, uh, you know, narratives and stuff. Some people don't like to talk about it, man. Some people don't like to talk about what they're doing. Um, yeah. I mean, I do. Cause it's just like, I don't know. Some people are just, uh, yeah. Mysterious. I'm not into even pretending to be mysterious anymore. I don't know if I ever was, but I just, I, I don't, I, the, the fact that just the way that the internet just, uh, puts everything just on this hospital light display you know uh, of just high definition visibility uh i'm yeah. just i've just been leaning into that given that i'm the kind of person that does like to to talk you know <laughs> and um <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm curious what what uh what internet stuff are you into these days internet stuff lately the discord man just the last things discord um, it's a good community. It's so sick, dude. It's so sick. Um, <clears throat> other stuff. I mean, yeah. What am I? What have I even been like? I mean, I guess what like podcasts. I mean, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I feel like there was a period of time, like when I first encountered your stuff, when like there was maybe a more thriving scene of people who had like shit to say about intellectual stuff on the internet, and then it sort of got, I feel like, beaten uh, down into something uninteresting by you know the intellectual dark web and all that um but there used to be some cool shit um but i don't know i mean like myself you know i haven't even like been paying attention to transhumanism lately uh so i'm like where where are all the cool interesting things you know i yeah i have no idea what's up with 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 transhumanism yeah i mean i guess i haven't been really um i haven't been really going deep on like checking out real philosophy I, i've kind of been off of like really actually reading philosophy or or really trying to learn about serious intellectual stuff mm -hmm. online i i the kind of stuff i don't know that that whole realm yeah like a, f a couple of years ago i was like checking out you know like uh like um that guy uh i still don't remember his real name but the guy who used to go by meta nomad you know okay his thing hermetics i mean i used to really love that because it was like actual like really talking about books thinkers writers from a yeah. sort of uh from a legitimately intellectual rogue off the non-institutional thing um you know when when uh you know we we bond over justin murphy you know when i was on his show you know i liked you know when he was more yeah, more like talking about philosophy, but yeah, I, I I don't know if that stuff has sort of uh, subsided or if I've just haven't been paying attention to it because it's like now it's like I don't know more. It's just like podcasts of people who are intellectual and smart, but they're not like going full rigorous. It's more like just sort of banter and like culture warry kind of like takes and stuff. Yeah, uh, which is also cool, but it's a little different. It's not like yeah, and trying, like Justin you know. Murphy. I feel like he's been talking about Urbit all the time and i'm like i you seem very bullish on this but like i i don't know man like are you paying attention to urbit whatsoever well like it sounds I'm, like some mormon uh, shit like it sounds well, like you're giving me a planet and like what well i got a planet from justin okay. i have a planet um <laughs> but uh it might be a pyramid scheme too i i mm -hmm. i got it just in case <laughs> you know what I mean? I got it just in case. 
because I want to have, if things go in the feudal orbit, feudal direction, I want to have 40 acres and a mule, you know, but, um, <laughs> but uh, it may not go that way. I guess I don't understand urban. Okay. Right. So this is an example of an internet thing right now that's popping off that is somewhat adjacent to our worlds that I'm not against or for. I'm just kind of like, I don't, I'm very agnostic about that whole crypto web 3.0 yeah. type, type, type thing. Cause it's a different kind of person, man. It's just a different kind of cat, like tech people, people yeah. who literally understand what an NFT is are it's, <laughs> that is a different breed of human being than me. Like, I like straight up, like, I don't know if it's nature, nurture, what makes a man, but like, I, I have it explained to me weekly <laughs> and it goes in one ear and out the other. And I don't want another explanation. I don't ever no, no more like, but yeah, NFTs, crypto, I mean, it's just like, I just, I'm just a singer, man. I'm just a rock singer, dude, which is not really true, but for the purposes, I, I, I max out on what I can understand, but I did get a planet from Justin actually just because one of his, uh, just one of his newsletter things was like, so I don't know. It was just using all this like liberatory, like Deleuzian language. And like, it, yeah. it just had this like Deleuze vibe and the rhizomatic stuff and the decentralized network. And like, you know, getting in with this, like, uh, um, you know, Mark Fisher-ish vibe of exiting the vampire castle, but then, you know, like just these vibes of exit and um, like, uh, oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's surely interesting, but I the learning curve is just like not something I want to get through. I'm like, you know, I'm also no, trying to do the like creating music type thing, um, and so I don't know. It seems like a, a bad thing to dedicate time and effort to. And you know, I was into the whole NFT thing, and then and now it seems like it's like a whole different world of just like, oh yes, really? it was all uh, it was all a Ponzi scheme the whole time it, it is is that where it's at i i don't what you mean you were like making nfts or buying them or sort of like thinking about going down that road or i feel like uh i was excited about the potential of them but then you know like i was like oh you know it could do this it could like you know like i was essentially thinking it would be like the wu-tang album but like you know sort of like that technology distributed but now it's basically like it's all just garbage art that you can you know download for free anyway like who wants a JPEG of like a little monkey or whatever? Like that's some, some bull. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, is it sort of like taking the sort of, I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Um, but I, I mean, I do, but I don't want to attempt to understand technically what the shit is. Well, ugh, okay. I will say this, man. Well, yeah, we both are in the position of music being at least for me, look, you know, I, I, the fact that I've been working so deeply on this musical project recently that for the past half a year that there's only so much time in a day, you know? So, so I, 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 I end up hitting a wall with just how much I can do thought. I mean, anything intellectual, you know, it's like, that is a side thing for me, you know, even making the YouTube videos, I, I don't get to do as many as I want. There's just not enough time with, with what I'm working on, but, but I will say, I mean, I guess I'm never going to totally, I'm never going to totally not care about NFTs and blockchain and shit like that mm -hmm. because that Nick land thing about Kant and then like the blockchain being this final form 
of Kantian critique, I can't just let that go. I have to, at some point, understand what that is. And I just don't have time right now. But that's that's so fascinating to me, man. That is so fucking fascinating. This this idea that the blockchain is like on some level this like messianic, like <laughs> you know, like uh, coming in the history of like Western philosophy or something. I, I don't know if that's true or if that's a claim that could be true or false, or if it's yeah. just this poetic, you know, conceit or whatever. But uh, I do find that compelling. So maybe I have to understand blockchain at some point. I mean, I definitely like the like liberatory attitude about it, but um, I don't know if you follow like Nassim Taleb, but he has this whole thing, yeah. like the Bitcoin black paper. And he says that it's not that it's worthless, but Bitcoin is literally worth exactly zero, exactly zero, he says. So it's like, huh. What is uh, that? And huh, I wonder what that means. Like, yeah, I think it has to do with like, you know, ergodicity and all these like technical concepts that he wants to like, show off with uh you know because he's a smart dude that gets math but um yeah i don't know man it seems promising but also kind of uh, you know um i guess uh i was also seeing something about the ccru recently and how they like essentially predicted crypto and i'm curious how deep you got into that stuff because like that's a very interesting aesthetic to esoteric sort of occult stuff like the pneumograms and all that but Mm -hmm. i i'm just i was looking through like the terms like the list of all the terminology and i was just like what the fuck is this like nonsense yeah yeah i i, I, I never like i i never went really deep on that i mean i i i uh i have that book and have kind of like skimmed some of the freakier more i mean yeah that stuff with the pneumograms but i never really like attempted to to really like think it through i mean it's almost mm-hmm. just aesthetic you know skimming it and whatnot um I can't remember what's in that book and what's in some of these other like accelerationist comps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some of that, is that Ray Brassier stuff in there or is that, or is that mm-hmm. elsewhere? Is he a CCRU dude? I can't remember. The, Sadie, Sadie Plant, Sadie Plant is that a CCRU, right? She I had some. So she like was the initiator, I think. And then like... may, maybe so she, yeah, she had some essays that I was, I was pretty interested in. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't really gone that 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 deep with yeah. that but um but yeah dude i haven't been reading much at all dude the past uh yeah past half a year i just have i just have not had time man i'll just be sitting eqing a tom for like five hours man and it's just there's, there's just no time <laughs> there's just no time for uh for Kantian bitcoin acceleration <laughs> man it's just like <laughs> I mean, dude, you know what I'd like to have? I'd like to have, I'd like to be like a, like one of these ancient kings who would have, I mean, I, I think actually like, you know, billionaire aristocrats now like have that where it's like, you'll like just hire the top experts to come like give you private lessons, you know? Like if after my boxing trainer came, I would have like a, a guy come and like, you know, like teach me about Bitcoin and like, <laughs> you know, have like Nick Land yeah. scholars come and like teach me about Kant and stuff, like just just sit on my throne while these people, I think Epstein kind of had that. I think he had, right. Like he'd like have like Steven Pinker come over and like give him like, you know, like le- intellectual lessons or whatever. Yeah. It's um, weird how all the smart people were hanging out with him. And I mean, I guess if you get paid, hang out. But... Yeah. I think that's what it's like. Yeah. I mean, you just show up and there's just like, it's just catered and there's food and shit everywhere. And like, you know, um, 
yeah I, yeah i would um that would be kind of cool to just have like just lessons all day and this stuff but uh i mean the internet's right there man you know i i will say i kind of thought like i kind of thought that um youtube was like going to replace um just replace the university you know and i i'm not sure if it's actually going that way for a little while it seemed like there was this proliferation of like really serious intellectual like lessons and stuff you know yeah on on youtube but it's not i'm not seeing so much of it fl like flowering that it that i i may not i i guess i don't have the same prediction that i did maybe a couple of years ago that 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 uh you know that youtube was going to replace the, at least the humanities you know universities like yeah i think i was on that same page as well and i'm like i don't know if it's the algorithm developing or what but like uh yeah it seems like it's sort of prioritizing bullshit that i actively don't want anything to do with but uh -huh. you know um you know back in the day i like you know like a, a year ago maybe i basically unsubscribed from everything and then i was like oh shit i, I have no idea what i like anymore <laughs> right 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 yeah. right um i mean i've been i've been um i check out that dude michael millerman a little bit you know that guy i don't know he he does um he's like a young uh phd guy who like wrote his dissertation on alexander dugan and so he's like I, I yeah he's an interesting dude i mean he gives these like lectures about like dugan and heidegger and stuff um i i i think i don't like i think i don't like what he's kind of like a, ultimately about maybe like ideologically but um but he but he's a guy who's doing like his youtube channel is like actually serious uh little mini lectures on real mm -hmm. stuff real philosophy and i still check him out um yeah he's definitely a legit smart dude that i that i watch i'll scope him out yeah um, yeah i'll share some stuff in the discord yeah i'm i'm curious so i know you don't want to talk about it that much but uh what what tiny hints can you give us about this project to, uh you know it can be completely uh vague you know? um it is rock band instrumentation and it's uh ambitious Ooh. put it that way okay yeah it's not like uh hey i'm just doing this little you know it's like nice okay. it's like everything you know yeah um which is uh because i've done some projects that are like that I'm equally psyched about, but they were like a little more like uh, circumscribed, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the last Psalm Zero record, like the whole concept was like, dude, I just want to do a rock record. I just want to rein it in. What is rock to me? You know, it's like, uh, it ended up being kind of, you know, eclectic anyway, but, but yes, this project is, it's the instrumentation of rock music, guitar, bass, drums, but it's not it's composer shit Ooh. put it that way ambitious bodes well that's that's a, a word that i like so yeah yeah you'll be you'll be i think you'll be into it i mean if you were into stuff of mine from the past this will be yeah word. it's more it's more of the stuff i mean yeah i i almost was like man do you want to do you want to hold off on doing the podcast until this is out but it's like but it might it might drag on a little while with the mastering of the cover art and stuff like that so for sure glad glad we're doing this now but yeah yeah man i i envy being in that uh tom eqing phase but i i feel like whenever i try to get to that it's like you're probably you're probably you know pulling out the mic microscope a little bit too early you know 
yeah maybe bigger picture yeah yeah i'm not sure i mean i'm also like i'm not uh mixing this you know this is being mixed by like a like a super super pro engineer and stuff so in this particular case i'm not the one eqing the tom but i'm like listening for the eq of the tom to give the feedback and stuff um yeah uh sick cool yeah i guess um if we want to wrap it up here, I, I've gone through all my topics. <laughs> uh, oh, word. Figured, okay. I thought we were just getting going. Yeah. I mean, um, well, I'm I mean, down with, I'm down with whatever. I mean, these, these ones that I do, I, my, my live streams have now just turned to like three hours every single time. And I'm always like basically down with it, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, uh, so if you want to wrap, that's yeah. cool. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, well, uh, let's talk about your live streams. Cause I mean, like the ones with Zion were, you know, really good. And uh, I mean, how do you even choose which album that you want to focus on? Oh, I don't know. I just think about something that, you know, someone might have a lot to say about, but, um, but maybe it's like not exactly what you would expect. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't ask Zylon to talk about Throbbing Gristle, you know, or, okay. or White House, you know, I wanted to ask Zylon to talk about some like emo stuff from when they were like eight years old, you know? Um, Your choice to do My Chemical Romance uh, threw me for a little bit of a loop, but yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, I mean, I keep I keep people <laughs> guessing, dude. That's that's the that's the boxer in me, man. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I knew, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, Zylon taught me the word scrams. I had never heard that before. Are you familiar with that word? I mean, I I'm didn't... not. I've only heard you say it, uh, and I, you know, maybe at one point I looked it up. But I don't recall. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, it was it was just you know like a retronym for what I knew as screamo. Okay. When I was a kid, you know, screamo was this like raw underground, you know, orchid, Jerome's dream, like etc. Then, uh, you know, heroin, Antioch arrow. But then, right. So then it's like so then cheese ball screamo comes along in the in the aughts so then they come up with scrams to retroactively refer to the og screamo stuff Got now it. that the word screamo means this new hot topic cheese ball shit so i mean i think that's kind of you know the xylon taught me that so i'm like okay yeah i want to get like a zoomer perspective on this music that you know mm -hmm. that i was a little too old for uh and they were like the perfect age for you know no, I, I think on that stream I heard you guys, maybe it was just you or maybe both of you guys, that you don't like the, the Midwestern emo stuff. Is that true? I was not a, as much into that. The sparkly, jangly type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I your, couldn't. Your American footballs and all that. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get down. Well, I don't, you know, nowadays I don't hate anything because I'm just old. So I'm just like, it's all, you know, mm -hmm. just like, you know, just like, but um, yeah, no, no, no. Never. Owls? Ne uh, not, not so much my thing. It didn't like bother me or whatever, but yeah, yeah, that, that was never, I mean, I was dude orchid, man. I mean, that was to me was like, I mean, were you down with orchid? I was, yeah. It's it, like, it's been forever since I've listened to them, but uh, I was down. Dude, <laughs> chaos is me still fucks, man. It really is like, um, it's exciting, man, that it shoots fireballs that, 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 uh, that whole record it's all that like situationist lyrics and stuff the stuff's all like about like uh you know it's like raul venegam texts and stuff like sets of music and shit um 
he's like screaming about like Adorno and stuff. There's all this like what? Frankfurt school stuff in there. It's, it's real. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. One of those tracks is called aesthetic dialectic. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's yeah. Or, or could great. Yeah. To me, that was like screamo and like, yeah. And the San Diego stuff, heroin, you know, um, yeah. That Midwest stuff. I was never, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I try to like, I don't know. I just think, yeah. Like unexpected, unexpected you know not yeah like not exactly what you would expect a certain person to be talking about you know nick dollinger talking about cool keith i was mm-hmm. thrilled that he wanted to talk about cool keith that was like perfect for me you know mm-hmm. perfect weird pairing you know jeremiah makes sense with morton feldman that's yeah that's a little more yeah <laughs> yeah that's a little less confusing you know we're both like huge huge fans man i feel like i get the most i get the best feedback I get the best feedback on that channel from like the sort of educational type stuff that has to do with either classical music or, you know, high art music mm-hmm. or jazz. I mean, that seems to be what people like the most, uh, even more than the live streams and, uh, definitely more than my five minute rants about what's cringe and stuff, but those, I'm still going to do those. I can't, it's just, yeah. Um, yeah. The occasional political rant. Yeah, I mean, or like, you know, as apolitical as I can keep it, but like mm-hmm. unavoidably dragged into polemics just by like walking outside the fucking house and like saying hi to somebody. But um, yeah, like uh, I wish I could do more of those like informational videos. They just take so much time and effort, man. It's like, you know, this. Uh... Are you doing all your like editing yourself or are you like hiring somebody out for that? Or Oh, no, no, I'm doing all this myself, man. Just fine, you know, fine, final cut. It's very easy to use. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need any more tools. I mean, I've got everything I need to do this content for like a long, long time. I I would have to, things would have to get way bigger for me to need. uh, Yeah. Like more, more production value and stuff, you know, but um, I mean, I'm going to keep the live streams going. Yeah. I want to, um, yeah. I want to do more of these educational ones or informational joints. Uh, I'm going to have some guitar stuff though, actually coming. I'm going to be doing some tutorial stuff um of like pieces of mine you know or sections of pieces um from this new project and some psalm zero stuff so that'll be another level i'm gonna have the zoom in on the hands and the tab and like that that's gonna be some like you know that might go outside final cut that might turn into obs right there but nice we'll see yeah um man for me getting over the hurdle of like editing shit is just a pain in the ass uh i'm getting there slowly but uh you know i've realized that people tend to like things better if there are visual aids involved you know Uh, they do they do no man it's good i i love doing it i mean it's fun it's just it just takes a ton of time man Mm -hmm. you know it's just like I, i you know so i do have to like uh i am still kind of measuring you know how much am i yeah, what's the limit on this like media empire stuff versus uh, just music, you know? Cause it's like none of this, I do, I get a little uncomfortable when I, there, that there actually are people now who know me from the YouTube and not the music. So it's mm-hmm. sick, like, oh, you got into Psalm Zero, you know, you got into the old extra life stuff cause you saw my video about death in June. Like that's kind of sick cause it's new fans but it's also like, bro, like I'm like a critic like like but i yeah i don't know i mean critique is creative also but uh i don't know it was a little clearer when covid started because i was just like 
legitimately uninspired musically, which is very rare for me, you know? So it was like an easy thing of like, I'm going to do this whole other medium. That's not even what I'm mm-hmm. best at, you know, I'm going to do that just to like sort of stay afloat mentally or whatever. Now it's more like in competition with the music, you know, that I'm actually, that I'm actually working so hard on, you know? And it, like, I feel like it seems as if everybody has the expectation to have the YouTube channel these days, but um, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, I don't actually have a comment on that. <laughs> Is there an expectation to have a, a YouTube? I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like you see somebody who's like an actual, like well-noted jazz musician and you're like, you have a YouTube channel where you're doing this shit too. Right, 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 right. I, I guess it depends on, this. right. I guess like what scene, I mean, jazz. Uh, yeah. Like I guess in jazz, right. Everyone's do. they are actually doing the YouTube. I'm kind of out of touch with what's, uh, am I though? No, I'm no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up to date with, with the jazz, but I, yeah, I don't really go deep on jazz YouTube actually, but um, people doing instructional videos, you mean, and stuff like that mm-hmm. or like, yeah. But they're not doing like rants about like th- this week's hot takes, right? I mean, they're not, or are they? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, like even seeing like like one of my guitar teachers from college, he was on Instagram doing all the Instagram guitar looks of like you know like like that type of oh shit. boy, like, okay, well you're doing that. <laughs> well, there's ways to do this that are more or less uh, dignified, you know. Mm. Except no, I mean YouTube is inherently schlocky. Um, which is kind of what I like about it. Uh, I kind of like telling people, it's like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. And it's like, oh, really? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. You heard me. I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> when they ask, what do you do? Is that what you lead with? No, 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 no. I actually, when I don't know somebody, I actually say I'm a guitar teacher um, because I don't always want to talk about my creative work um yeah well it depends on who i'm talking to depends on who i'm talking to if i'm talking to someone who like i you know in the music you know world i want them to know what i did then i tell them i'm a musician but um no i would not lead with youtuber but if i actually start making a living doing it then maybe i then maybe i would um it's weird though man you know it's funny like in la in la i feel like i don't know that many people because like all my friends here um almost all of them like have kids and they're like not really in that mode um the you know the music people i know here are kind of like they're people who are in and out of town touring anyway so it's sort of like not you know a lot of the time i'm like fuck like i don't have like my local you know it's like in new york i just go to shows everyone knows who i am it's like what's up guys you know um i don't have that here so i feel kind of alienated and yet i've been like recognized on the street for the youtube like five or six times which is just it's like that to me i'm like is i don't know i mean maybe la is like kind of sick in that way i'm like getting some weird like i don't don't know maybe that's just a weird uh well i guess i only started the youtube since i've been here so Mm -hmm. you can't measure it against new york but that i I don't know getting getting recognized like around for the youtube i'm like oh that was it at least makes give me a little happiness about la you know yeah and interesting yeah. it's like oh the youtube is actually kind of get okay fair enough you know um are there any la based scenes that you're like stoked on right now i mean like it i guess like sort of hard to tell with the pandemic and all but like you know a lot of like the cool like, like the blue whale jazz club shut down and it's like i feel like that used to be a scene but um i'm not aware of anything that's like particularly happening right now 
No, I mean, I know a couple of, of improvisers who are doing cool stuff, but I don't, um, but I don't know like what they're really involved in actually as far like scene wise, <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, Max Jaffe drummer. Mm -mm. Yeah, he's sick, but I mean, like, I don't, he's going to school out here. I know him from New York, but um, I should get together. We were talking about playing, but um, we got to follow up on that. But yeah, man, scenes, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, there's a ton of these, these goth duos. There's like tons of like goth, you know, you know, and solo acts and just kind of like dark, dark, wavy, dark and lovely, spooky stuff. That's like good, total totally good but not it's not a scene that i'm like like tr really like in or trying to be in or you know mm -hmm. um i suppose nothing human maybe would be the sort of overlap you know with that but um <clears throat> but yeah i don't know well, well i mean do you, you know that ensemble wild up you know them mm -hmm. they're they're like a contemporary music ensemble uh you know chamber group that has sort of unusual approaches and semi-improvised approaches to stuff. And um, they're an interesting ensemble. They don't perform a ton, but they're, they're, uh, they did some shit where they were doing like Schoenberg and then they were doing like a Kate Soper uh, piece, if you know her. Hmm. Um, she's like super complex, interesting contemporary music composer from New York. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Wild Up. I, I, that's, it's not a scene, but that's like a, it's like some new music stuff that's happening here that's cool um yeah man yeah i don't know i'm not uh i'm not i i think i i think there's a lot of jazz here um i checked out a couple of labels and i can't remember what they were called and i can't remember the names of any of the artists on it but I didn't like it. So even if I were going to bring it up, I wouldn't drop the names because I don't want to be talking shit. But um, I was not into it. It was a sort of new agey jazz that's like sounds almost like some smooth jazz, but like kind of hippie-ish, but with some kind of like almost trying to be vaporwave uh, mm. visual aesthetic. Um, yeah, no good. Um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's some shit. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. What scenes are you, are you, are you feeling in LA? Like what's, uh, I mean, I, I was into the coffee scene, you know, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, uh, are you hip to like the Parch ensemble? Uh, I mean, I'm hip to Harry Parch. I, I didn't actually know that that's a thing here. What's the deal? Um, this dude john schneider has like he leads the parch ensemble and they basically like recreated all his instruments you know they have them all in like you know la percussion storage or whatever but um it's kind of crazy that they've actually recreated them from his like schematics or whatever um and so then they are commissioning new works for that set of instruments which is interesting because like to play non-parch on parch instruments yeah 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 kind of hip. yeah that would be interesting to me actually yeah do you know are they performing anytime soon is that like I think that they're playing at uh, like uh, what's the Cal Arts thing like Black Cat or whatever or uh, Red Cat or, Red Cat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that might have already happened but uh, yeah gotta look into it that that's something to look out for actually that sounds really cool yeah I thought he was all San Francisco based right Parch I think yes but um, yeah I guess John Schneider lives out in like Venice or something and uh, yeah yes. 
very um very west coast stuff i mean that see this is a you know i'm like ragging on the west coast ragging on la blah 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 but i mean this is an example of an energy that is distinctly west coast that i'm like i'm in yeah i'm into it's not really my vibe but it's sick it's like super american you know parch hopping the trains you know hobo vibes yep it's like weird america vibes you know yeah, like lou harrison and sort of like mm-hmm. you know, fetishizing gamelon and that type of thing <laughs> absolutely man yeah yeah or like Sound um, baths. lamont young yeah man no it's it's uh it's a beautiful tradition uh and um so yeah yeah i mean that's like something i could i could i could definitely see getting getting into i mean yeah i mean like well scenes in la i mean i think there's kind of a scene around like ariel pink I, I can't think True. of like specific other artists who are like big artists, but like, I know like um, that that's kind of an orbit of like folks, right? I mean, kind of like him and um, Natalie uh, Wiseblood, you know, um, that's kind of a thing. It's not exactly my thing, but you know, um, yeah it's just like the like john mouse sort of uh colors type vibe yeah 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 and yeah just this general kind of like dark um i don't know what you call that psychedelic ish something i don't know you know that's some distinctly la shit that i think is a hang and um very interesting it's not really my hang but it's it's uh it's something that's something that is distinctly la and distinctly you know has a vibe yeah, um, man, I, I, do you know Ellen Fullman? No. Uh, so she's like, uh, I just spoke to her on the podcast recently, but she's based in Berkeley. But um, man, she does this thing called the long string and long stringed instrument, and it's basically like seventy, you know, feet strings that are tuned just intonation. Uses rosin fingers to play it like a gigantic, you know, string instrument. Um, yeah. Wacky, otherworldly shit. That sounds very cool. Ro- fingers with rosin on them, mm-hmm. so so you, so it's like a bow, but with your fingers. Kind exactly. Of, yeah. Huh. Five. Yeah, it's like yeah. a, a room-sized instrument. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 That sounds cool. That sounds totally cool. Yeah. I mean, this thing. You know, I keep saying, man. I keep saying, look. You know, I'm gonna trash LA with the sandwiches and the conversation. But you know, before I leave here, I want to make sure to really get out of it what there is to be gotten and. You know, when I, after I leave, I want to really feel like I did LA um, and I keep not doing it because I'm just so just ensconced in like finishing this project, which is long distance stuff with people from New York. So yeah, man, there's stuff to check out here. You just named a bunch of stuff to check out and I'm just not doing it. So this is why I need to stop bitching about LA because when I'm gone from here, I'm going to probably look back and be like, fuck, I never saw the nine million stringed instrument you know it's like i just didn't you know so we gotta hang dude in real life this is the thing we gotta like put okay let's like seriously hang out in person like very soon are you still doing your boxing stuff at uh uh griffith uh no no that's that's what we were doing that for a while with the with the with that that crew that kind of like fell apart when 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 our, our trainer left but um no i'm doing it at uh at wild card boxing gym which is in uh i guess that's in hollywood that's like vine like yeah. Word. So it's yeah, um, hang we shall. Yeah, man. Um, well, what else? Um hmm. 
I guess I'm I'm curious to hear you maybe give me some advice on just practical shit about being a professional musician, <laughs> like uh, getting paid for what you're doing and, you know, finding students and all that. Well, John, <clears throat> I'm not a professional musician because <laughs> a professional musician makes a living playing music and I don't do that. I get paid for things, but, you know, I come out in the plus ultimately, but, um, but yeah, advice, um, well, as far as getting students, man, I mean, I mean, I just get students by just like word of mouth and I, and I, I haven't even been getting a bunch of new ones. I just kind of hung on to some from, from back in New York. Uh, I'm very good at hanging on to students. Um, so yeah, there's that man. Um, but, uh, you know, with, um, I mean, career stuff, music wise, dude. I mean, I've just been like doing a, a, a an disorganized, uh, you know, disorganized approach to promoting my own work for years and years and years. And sometimes it's hitting and sometimes it's not um, without any one real, you know, like path, dude. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's really... Yeah. Have you ever like done any of this, like, you know, trying to get grants written or whatever, like, you know, trying to get, you know, some sort of like residence and funding or something like that? Yeah. Well, there, there was, I, I've gotten a couple of those. I, I, I had a couple of them like sort of offered to me like, like 10 years ago. Um, there's thing, the Brooklyn Philharmonic was a thing then, and they, they gave me a commission to do something. And, um, uh, ensemble anagram ensemble commissioned me to do something so that's another that's another one that i want to get recorded but i, I haven't um <clears throat> so there'd be stuff like that uh but i um and so then i, I was getting a couple of them were just coming to me based on people liking extra life in new york you know and like a classical cats being like oh we want to like branch you know want to like get some new blood that's like not from our world and kind of like crossover vibes um and then, yeah. And then soon after that, I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to start, I'm going to like go further down this thing with like writing grants. But I just kind of was like, I, I, I did like one big round and like, didn't get anything. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just like, not like at that point, Psalm zero was starting to get some juice going and like, like people were paying attention. So I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm preoccupied with this. I just, that, that grant writing shit, man. It's like, once you start getting a certain number of those, it like, the momentum gets the pump gets primed and you almost can count on like getting a certain number of things. So it's worth doing, but, um, but you've got to get over a hump of just applying for tons and tons of stuff gotcha. until you start to get a couple of hits. Um, it does seem like it's for people who are talking about their work and, you know, like, you know, capital letters, uh, you know, my work deals with this, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's very hard for me to do. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, as much as I love to run my mouth about what I do, when you start to get into my work deals with, like you start to like present your work as being like, this is the discourse attached to it. Like I'm telling, you know, that's never been my, uh, that's just it never been how I create work. So, you know, how would you like if you were to speak in those terms what sort of things would you say your work deals with <laughs> well 
melisma this is uh i mean this is all <laughs> does that count as something well, that can be dealt with <laughs> yeah i mean it's i don't know um dude this is like i i i'm i'm almost not being ironic and cynical like i'm almost serious here that i'm like 132nd cherokee indian i i would i would put native american on the fucking thing and 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 do like a, a utter like just paper thin identity politics that's the, yeah that's what i would do <laughs> Listen, that's what you're saying that your work deals with for like the opportunistic reasons. <laughs> or... I'm saying it's not dealing with that at all. I'm saying that that's what I would put on a grant application because you know what I mean? Because it's just like being like, dude, you, you, you cannot write a grant in 2022 and be like, I'm a white guy, relatively untraumatized, not processing anything. Mm -hmm. I'm returning with a V to the Middle Ages. And uh, my work deals with vague, dark, like, where's the line? It's like nobody wants to throw five fucking pennies at that. Um, so that's this is why I'm not very motivated to, uh, you know, apply for shit like that. However, um, I mean, a guy like, you know, Mick Barr gets some grants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um People do reach out to people. I mean, you know, it's like there's different ways to go about this. You know, you can like it's surprising who doesn't, though, because like I don't think some I don't think uh, Jude Geit, you know, I don't think Adam Kalmbach gets uh, it works in that world. Um, and he really could, should, you know, et cetera. Um, I mean, if Mick can and does, then he should. Um, thing is, man, I, I, whether it's Grant's this is so unhelpful, but, um, but it's honest. Uh, I mean, whether, whether it's grant type, um, you know, like commissions from ensembles or whether it's, um, like even just being on a label or having a booking agent or any cool thing that's come my way, it's always just been offered to me without me doing anything. I, I mean, th th there's barely been anything where I've hustled and gotten something. You know, it's, it's always just someone was just like, dude, extra life is so sick. Come do my thing. That's that. That's really it. You know, I mean, unless hustling, unless you count the hustling of like, I want to get to know someone because they run something and it would be good to get to know them. That, that maybe I've sometimes been a little bit strategic, like, hey, what's up, man? You know, I want to get to know you. like a little bit. But as far as like applying, sending demos, mm -hmm. that's not been... That's not been how things come my way, man. You know, that's not, I mean, it's like, it's always someone just legitimately being into it on their own. Um, I mean, that grant shit. See, thing is though, man, thing is you could work this angle though of like tech and algorithms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that like doesn't um, have to tick the sort of like identity type, you know, political uh, side of things that, that everything is now like, um, but it is like relevant, relevant. I mean, it feels like culturally, you, you know, it like, yeah. it feels like it's part of the world and not like some weird cloistered, like, but you know, irrelevant shit. So, I mean, do you um, think you somebody's work, work can quote deal with rhythm? Like, is that a fair thing <laughs> to deal with any more than, uh, you know, anything else? I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. Uh, dealing with. You know, man, I've been thinking about this, man. Like, what is the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel 
dealing with? Mm-hmm. Like, what's it like investigating or critiquing or examining or problematizing or it's just beauty, man. It's just beauty and God, which I mean, okay, but we don't have to believe, but what does it mean to you? But God's dead, but like, oh, fine. But like, I think it's dark. I think it's seriously dark how few artist statements have the word beauty in them. I think that's fucked, dude. Like that, that is like fallen, man. That is like an utterly fallen situation. You know what I mean? So yeah, man. I mean, if people want to deal with politics or the body or whatever, cool. But like beauty should be, uh, and by the way, I'm not saying that no one's making beautiful music. There's so much beautiful music being made now. So much stuff of just amazing beauty, but like, the prior like the, the culture of um the culture of art art world or art uh, art music or serious music or institutionally funded experimental music blah 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 the stuff that you apply for grants with I, I I'm disturbed at how little beauty is like talked about as a priority yeah and 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 you could say like well it's understood it's not understood because people are out there dealing with their stuff that their work is examining and you go to the concert and it's like emperor's new clothes man you're like looking around you're like no one here likes this i know for a fact that no one here likes this you know in a way that you know i mean it was like that with trendy like shitty electro clash bands in brooklyn in 2003 but not as bad because at least some people like that shit because they were like doing blow and dancing and shit. Whereas like some of this stuff where it's just like my work's dealing with the intersection of blah, blah, blah. And the music is just like, like, you know, it's like everyone. Yeah. It's like emperor's new clothes, man. Beauty is like not being prioritized. That's kind of dark to me. I don't know. With, with things like, you know, noise and death metal where like, you know, you can, you can do some, you know, gymnastics and call it beautiful, but like at the end of the day, it's kind of like anti-beautiful. Like, uh, what what do you think that's working on there? Like, because um, like I can't get into noise for shit. Like, I can't get right. into a lot of that stuff because um, I'm just like, bleh, bleh, you know. But uh, like, what what's the deal there? Is it just beauty on the spectrum of beauty to anti-beauty? Um, like, it's better to have anti-beauty than no beauty. Well, at least it's aesthetics. Okay, I mean, yeah, I personally can't. I'm not a noise guy. I, in general, it's just not really my thing. But I, I would disagree that I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I think metal. Uh, I think metal in its really artistic forms and the kind of stuff that we like. I think is very concerned with beauty for sure. I mean, I, I think like Peron would say that they're into make. Well, yeah, they want to make it ugly and nasty, but it's um, like formal. It's for, it's it's yeah it's formal structural. it's like sonic sonic you know it's just like sound I mean melodies and 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 just like a a surface that is deep you know a deep surface you know um, a surface where you can drown at the surface you know it's mm-hmm. like um I mean yeah a lot of I mean the, the best black and black and death metal I mean all my favorite stuff man it's like whether it's Death Spell Omega or uh, Leviathan and I'm always kind of hyping up the same few acts or something I mean or or Jute Guide man I mean you know this stuff is I think this stuff is very concerned with beauty you know mm-hmm. um and I think people that like that music I mean if you go to see um 
of course, like all three of those acts don't play live. Now that I think about it, I'm like, right. I've never seen, I've never seen any of them because I don't play live, but, um, I don't know, liturgy. Um, that's beautiful music. And even if you don't agree that it's beautiful, it, is intended to be beauty, beautiful. Beauty is high on Hunter, Hunt Hendrix's list, of, you know, of priorities. Um, and uh, when you go to see liturgy play, people there find it beautiful. You're looking around and people are earnestly like, I have sure. goosebumps because this work is beautiful. It's not like, oh, like, you know, Hunter's dealing with like, you know, it's like, there's not, no one's like, it's not this, uh, you know, concept thing of, uh, of, of dealing with something. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think metal is, yeah, I think metal is in there with the, it's, it's really, it's like classical music. It's like contemporary music, classical music, stuff written for instruments and like electronic music and electroacoustic stuff. That's where I see the vibe of like people not caring about beauty and like people just being like my, my fucking artist statement just got me. And man, there are so many cats, dude, that are just, they, they really are putting in the amount of time that they put in on the grant writing. It, it just dwarfs the amount of time on the music. I, I mean, just, just dwarfs it, man. I mean, just stuff where I'm like, you're a bureaucrat. Like you are not, like you do not have the soul of an artist, man. You are a paper pusher, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, this is my hater. This is my hater thing on the, the institutional grant uh, uh, world, you know. One of the things I was excited about with the whole NFT thing was like this sort of hypothetical situation where like you, you know, have your computer tracking all the time spent in your DAW or like all the time that's like going into a musical project for the sake of valuation. Like it's like maybe unrealistic or would depend on like a surveillance state, but um, uh. <laughs> you know, um, it's kind of interesting because like, like you know, for instance, like there's like this whole idea of like oh the super talented prodigy, but it's like are they a prodigy or do they just have you know their parents talking about how good they are like over overly zealous parents who are proud of their kids or whatever, uh, you know, like because with the grant writing thing, it's like it would be cool to know what the actual amount of work is going into stuff because like you know sometimes you hear something you're like this this sucks and somebody's claiming that they spent years on it but like did they right 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 i feel like it would speak Um, for itself yeah i think you can tell usually stuff that maybe a lot of work has been put in but it still isn't good um i think that's a thing i can definitely tell when no work is put in and it's bad when no work has put, been put in and it's good, um, that's also a thing. Some people are just brilliant. Um, there's a whole spectrum in between. Uh, I don't know. There, there is such a thing as the musical prodigy. Absolutely, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, I believe that too. But like, I feel like maybe not all the cases of people claiming to be prodigies are true. <laughs> I guess not. I mean, well, there's also there's people who are like musical prodigies, but maybe they don't make musical that that that's actually like super crushing uh you know i mean just like the kind of person who can play any instrument and just has an amazing ear and they can hear if something's like you know five cents out of tune and mm-hmm. they have like perfect time you know people like that and maybe they're you know but they but they don't have like a particular like vision that they're mm-hmm. working on i mean that's you know there's a lot of people like that or prodigies but they're not like 
I, I get, think of like a bunch you know, of props, you know, being in school and somebody like wanting to let you know that they didn't try that hard on the homework. So, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you have the fail safe of like, I didn't try that hard. So if I did poorly, it's it's fine. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's kind of a psyop. Like people should want to hustle and, you know, achieve something musically, but they're able to sort of, you know, write about what they did and then you know, it's debatable <laughs> right 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 well there's I, <clears throat> I mean i see a bunch of people you know i was talking i was i was like complaining about the you know i was being a hater about people who are uh you know they're more grant writers than they are uh artists and and stuff like that there are also a lot of people though that i see in the experimental music and the and the also the jazz and improvised music world people who have been making deep music for a long time they're still making deep music it's not any less or more deep than it used to be but now they've got their chops together for how to like frame it in some yeah, institutional true. context and to like frame it in terms of either politics or something intellectual and that i'm like sick dude like just get paid even if it's for like the wrong reasons like you know oh yeah totally yeah yeah have have at it so i know a couple of people like that so that's like the kind of thing where it's like See, that's the kind of thing where it's like people who I know that their top shelf thing is beauty with a capital B, but maybe their grant application can't have beauty as the top value. It has to be like I'm in, you know, doing the intersection of the body and the spaces and the colonization of public space or like, I don't know, you know. Um, you got the language, man. I, I, I know. It's like, I, I mean, I know how to do this stuff. I'm just like, I, I don't like lying. So it's like, it's just like, I mean, I don't know. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, wait, what was the last thing we were, we were talking about? Um, oh yeah, you were talking about time logged, having NFTs or something that log uh, like on your DAW, like how much yeah, time like you're putting screen, in. You know, how much screen time. time. On the screen. That's yeah. funny, man. That is a very interesting uh isn't that kind of like a proletarian kind of vibe where you're like, I'm getting paid for the hours, not by the like, uh, you know, the value of like what I made, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, like, like if someone can make something as good as your thing in, in, in a day, whereas like it took you, you know, two weeks to do it, like that person makes, you know. Well, yeah, like, like I, I was talking to Colin Marston about Colin Marston about this and you know like they put out the Kralis album Demonic Wealth a while ago and like I feel like he was talking about how easy of a process it was and how fast it was but it's like kind of that uh you know like oh I put in all this work up front like I front loaded all the work and so now it's a relatively easy thing to come up with the, the end product like you should be rewarded for the time going in like I feel like time spent doing stuff is like sort of neglected like even time listening to music like like do people really spend the full hour getting through that album that's a lot of time yeah yeah i i don't know if i believe people should be remunerated for like for by by the hour man you 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 should if you can make something deep in a day instead of two weeks at which you should get paid less because you put in less time i mean isn't that isn't that like some marks shit like the exchange value versus the use value or whatever it is or like uh you know, like a worker, right. it's something, it's like a worker gets paid based on, um, well, like, you know, like the exploitation thing is like, we can get more stuff out of, a, you know, figuring how to get more stuff out of the same number of hours to pay the person, you know? So, uh, how does that, how does that translate to this? Like, uh, well, I guess with the timing thing, like, you know, in the case of Colin, like, you know, it's not taking into, like, you wouldn't be able to track all the 
gazillions of hours spent previously. So like, I feel like if you had a backlog of all the time spent, it'd be like, oh yeah, get this guy should get paid a shit ton. Uh, but you know, you can't actually do that. So right, but I mean, it's just a question of what people are willing to pay for, man. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like if people don't like what you do, like why should they pay you for all the time you put in? No one even asked you to True. make the death metal album, you know. So it's like I, I don't, I don't know, like. Uh, I guess I'm not saying that it should, like, you know, I'm not saying that time should be the main thing, but, like, I feel like it is it is a, an important factor. Because um, if somebody has put in 10,000 hours, like, it's probably going to be really good if they genuinely put that much time in. It'll it'll have a certain vibe to it. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, knowing that someone spent a billion hours on something, it, it commands a certain respect from me. Mm-hmm. Even if the product I don't like, I'll definitely, you know, respect yeah there'll be a certain respect that they'll get from me just that, that they had that commitment uh but i w- would it would i be willing to pay more for that you know than for something that is e- that is equally good but it just was easier for the guy to make so i'm gonna pay less for the thing that or you know i'm gonna pay more because the guy took a long time maybe he just could have done it quicker and that's because he wasn't working efficiently you know what i mean um i mean how do you track that with jazz Mm-hmm. you know, years of practicing to just make yourself like we were talking about making yourself into who you are. But then once you are that person, then you just step into a room with no preparation, you never even met the people before you just improvise for an hour. It's like turning the faucet on. Mm-hmm. That's like an hour of like barely any work, but that's not, it's the product of years of, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a sort of similar idea i guess is like you know i was i was watching the new dune a while back and i was like kind of like okay this is fine you know but like knowing how much fucking money went into it i'm like i feel like it diminished the aesthetic experience for me so it's like i want to know that art used the budget well like um and i don't know that i would know what to do with a huge budget if i had it um i'm curious if if you were given like a shit ton of money to work on one of your projects, would you feel like you knew what to do with it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the, like some of these projects recently have been cost a lot of money. Um, the one I just did, I mean, we're talking like just, you know, like liquidating some serious like inherited money and stuff. I mean, like really, you know, like stuff mm-hmm. that it, it will come back to me uh, ultimately, but sh- short term we're talking about, you know, um, yeah, I'll, I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably recoup after like a year or something, but um, and then start coming out in the plus. But in any case, um, yeah, what I do, I know how to make use of this stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty efficient in the studio, actually, even despite how despite how expensive this stuff has been. Like I've been using every uh, every bit of it. I mean, just by like you know, just experience, um, prepping ahead of time and stuff. Um, but you know, I don't know some of these big rock bands at least classically probably maybe it's not a thing anymore but no rap dudes you know well no but see everyone does the stuff at home in their studio i i don't know like um just writing in the studio mm-hmm. that's okay, so yeah. that's nuts dude that's nuts like paying for studio time to like sort of work on an album that you haven't started yet <laughs> yeah 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 like if you're metallica i mean they'd like go into the studio and like be like i can't i have a part like check out this part i wrote and like the meters running with like Rick Rubin. I mean, that's almost funny, man. I mean, I, I might have a hard time even working under those here. conditions. I, I might, it, it might be actually difficult for me to even, uh, 
to have it be that open-ended, I might just stop being efficient, you know? Well, I mean, with the Metallica thing, I feel like that's doing the same thing as Dune for me, where I'm like, this is some horse shit. Like, this, you know, there's too much money in this project. Cut that. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if you had Metallica funding and you wanted to use it effectively and not, you know, waste everybody's time, like, would you know what to do with it? <laughs> yeah, Metallica funding. Right. What would I do with a Metallica budget? And I ask this because, like, I feel like I've been that sort of artist who's like, yeah, but it's not about the money. And, like, uh, eventually you get older and you're like, well, like, money is interesting, but, like, it's not going to be the main thing. But um, I feel like I'm kind of averse to, like, considering it as a big part of art making. But, like, when it is, like, you might as well use it effectively. Yeah, I don't, I, I think past a certain point, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I I, I wouldn't, uh, Metallica type budget, I, I, I like because I, I, I don't work well, like going into a studio, like, I don't know. I work well writing a bunch on my own, demoing stuff a bunch on my own, notating a bunch of stuff, figuring out what to leave open for other people to come up with stuff. But even stuff that I'm leaving open, being very anal about figuring out, here's the part where the drummer is going to come up with their part. Here's the part where I'm going to notate every note, mm-hmm. you know? So even the stuff it's not dialed in, dialing in, what's going to not be done, you know, just like knowing the workflow. That's always my, you know, going to the studio. I'm like, I know what the fucking schedule is going to be like the whole time. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't know with, with Metallica, I don't even know. I mean, I guess I would probably just hire some really huge, but dude, even like hiring like the most famous producer on earth. I don't think Rick Rubin, would necessarily make the sickest extra life record. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> I really, you know, I, I mean, the best sounding records that I've made were not the most expensive ones and they weren't made with the most expensive uh, and engineers in the most expensive studios, you know, mm-hmm. um, I would say ultimately, but you know, there's a lot of factors that, that, that go into that other than just, you know, other than just who, who the engineer is and just how, how, uh, how you how you work i mean yeah i mean i'll tell you i mean simple answer is i did the kickstarter for and i raised ten thousand dollars to like hire all the people and do all this shit i mean that was money well spent because i got to hire just like the most top shelf players mm-hmm. who could just go in and like bang out takes <clears throat> without stress and that made using you know that made the studio time very efficient uh you know you pay for it's better to pay you know if you're hiring people for some classical type stuff it's better to hire tighter musicians who will use less studio time rather than booking more studio time and get less professional players who you have to pay less but they they have to do more takes and shit that's like an example of you know good use of money you know Mm -hmm. Um, and at a certain point you start buying new instruments probably and that seems like a shitty way to spend your budget but yeah i mean great musicians is a good way to spend it um but i don't know like i guess like it's sort of interesting thinking about how money can be used to increase the size of your sort of like you know uh, project like the the weight of it but uh i wouldn't know what to do with much money so. dude you know you know what um you know what money is really good for uh <laughs> But like what what really underrated part of like budget is like 
just like buffer kind of discretionary cash to like take a cab somewhere or like uh like replace a cord that got lost like last minute um like repairing some broken shit like just stuff like that i don't know you know like um yeah. just like last minute buying some piece of gear that's like 200 bucks it's like not that expensive but you're like damn i could really use this pet it really calls for this pedal or like my thing broke like i don't want to use the thing it's just at the studio i'm gonna like run to, to you know what i mean guitar center and replace that one pedal like just little things like that that add up that that's a good that's a good way to spend money just relax relaxing buffer money true yeah. you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah getting your gear to the show um, yeah 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 just i mean taxis man just taking ubers i mean literally that that's like you know just that gives you an extra half an hour to be at the place and make sure everything's set up you know uh when i was talking to ellen fullman uh she was talking about uh her time spent with Pauline Oliveros, who I'm sure you know Pauline. Um, mm -hmm. But um, she was giving her, I guess, like some advice on like grant writing type stuff. It was like, you can have a bigger sort of expectation. Like, and so she was saying that she was able to like get to numbers that she never thought would be possible. But it's like, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do with an album? Like, how much money can you really spend? Uh oh, for Pauline Oliveros. <laughs> I mean, just uh, for anybody's album, like, uh, like, I feel like I almost think it's like an ethical thing for people do have metallica funding you know like that's kind of bullshit well yeah i think past past a certain point it's like why yeah no no it's it's yeah it, it's true I, I don't know though it's hard to say man what ha, like what makes when albums are great man like what made it great it's really hard to like i mean look you know i i'm not like a, a huge um like radiohead were never like some massive th thing in my life but i always like thought they were good growing up i mean it's very substantial music i mean i record you know okay computer is like that's like some billion dollar thing that kind of sounds like a billion dollar record that worked out great um i can't remember who did that um it's some really famous producer and they did it at like the beatles studio or whatever like i, I don't know it's like some uh some of these records that cost a billion dollars are amazing and it seems like maybe the billion dollars was necessary to make them mm -hmm. amazing I, I don't know hmm. i'm just thinking i'm just trying, trying to think of like certain examples you know what i mean of like just what yeah i mean like i guess like some of the like early synthesizer music when it's like you had to get like the first synthesizer and it was a, a room-sized gadget that uh yeah a hell of money like that's money well spent but uh yeah uh anyway um i'm starting to have to pee so maybe we should wrap this up yeah let's um, wrap it man let's wrap it good two hours very solid yeah. talked about money semen the flows the various flows yep do you release cash them come flow cash flow come flow man do you you know are they do you uh re is it should they be blocked deterritorialized re-territorialized <laughs> unleashed titrated you know um my work deals with the intersection of come and cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does it doesn't doesn't everyone's. Um yeah, man. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Um yeah. I look forward to hearing your new projects. 
Oh yeah, um, man. People should holler at you to get into the Discord. Where absolutely we're talking about interesting things. And they are. They are cool, man. All right. Thanks I'll for talk chatting. to you. Like I'll talk to you very, very soon. Obviously. Sounds good. All right. Peace, Peace man. Adios.